Hello, and welcome back to the Still Small Voice podcast. I am Samantha Miller, and today I am joined by Samuel Petty, my friend, my fellow worshiper, and the founder of the One Identity Movement. Today, we're going to discuss a fairly large topic. In fact, it's a little bit of a buzzword right now in Christianity, discipleship and mentorship. And I think that these things are extremely important items to discuss because there's a lot of misconceptions that surround the two. So welcome, Sam. Before we actually get started talking about this specifically, just tell everyone a little bit about yourself, your spiritual background, your educational background, and maybe a little bit about One Identity Movement. Hello, all the happy people of the world. Um, my name is Sam Petty, Samuel Petty, Samuel C. Petty is what my mother tells me I must tell people, um, but everyone <laughs> calls me Sam. Let's see. Uh, okay, my Instagram bio will go like that. That is a pretty overarching. Uh, my Instagram bio says I am a son to a good father. I'm a worshiper and I am an administrating creative. Okay, so that will let all the people know that's me in a nutshell. Um, Son to a good father, uh, love a father's heart. And so I'm just a uh, small town, I say a little black boy that grew up in the country and just kind of showed up on the scene. And I have no clue how I get on the, uh, the scenes or sit at the tables that I sit in, but I just so happen to be there. And um, I went to college, she went to college there at LU but it was, um, I'll get to the one identity part later. We went to college at LU, did an undergrad in the Bible because I felt called in the ministry. I was saved at like, you know, three or four, probably. Um, <laughs> they say cutting teeth on the church pew, but um, saved really early. And then according to our tradition, um, filled with the spirit, baptized in the spirit at nine. And I felt called in the ministry when I was 14. Didn't do anything about it. I can specifically remember um, the Lord speaking to me and saying, I want you to preach. I want you to preach from 14 to 15. When and I talked to my pastor and, um, which was the first, um, while talking about discipleship was the first inkling of something of discipleship. I talked to him and told him what the Lord had told me for a year and told him the experience I've had. And he was like, okay, if you want to preach, you got to be at Sunday school. You have to come to church service and you have to come to a Friday night evangelistic service. And I'm not reading during evangelism, but you just have to be there. <laughs> and I was like, yes, sir. He said, okay, if you can do that, you can preach in my church. And so as my, my mom and myself, we were getting up to walk out the door. He looked at me. He said, oh, one more thing. He said, I was wondering how long it would take you to tell me you had been called to preach. I've been looking at you for a year. And I was like, oh, okay. So thank you. Um, <laughs> But feeling called to ministry, end up going to Bible school because I said, hey, people like the important people are doing that. You know, they didn't believe in that in my home church growing up. But I was like, I feel that I need to go to school to learn the Bible, to learn these things. And so I did. Went to LU undergrad in the New Testament, um, original languages. And then I said, let me go to seminary because that's a thing that people do too. And so I just graduated with my MDiv in pastoral council. Um, the whole one identity movement piece. So there we go. Son to a good father. Um, worshiper, singing in church, you know, loving doing that. I did uh, that the entirety of my school career. 
um, singing and traveling and worshiping and stuff like that. I love worship music. If you're around me for any 10 minutes or in my car, that's all I listen to. Um, it, it's just a thing. Any kind of musical worshipness, I love it. I love the the lights, the camera action. I love the music, the the chords, the progressions, all that. Um, and so that, but then administrating creative. And so I guess that uh, I consider myself for all of our Enneagram people that are listening mm-hmm. or watching, I am a one wing four. So I believe everything is black and white. It has <laughs> to be. I have a large inner critic. But under pressure, I become a completely crazy emotional four. So there you go. <laughs> um, one identity piece, I guess, in the, I think it was the summer. It was, it was the summer of 2014 when I decided I was going to school, going to Bible college, going to um, LU. And the summer of that, it was August. And I specifically remember um, myself and um, some of my cousins had been invited to this church in Lynchburg and they were like, you got to get here. God's doing something. God's doing something. Um, it was the uh, prophetic conference at APC. And I remember getting there and that was the, I, again, sh- showing up. If you show up, the battle's halfway yeah. on. And I showed up and I encountered the heart of the father for the very first time. Because I grew up without a father, but I counted for the first time. I specifically clearly remember I laid on the floor and I cried in a corner by the piano for two hours. When I got off the floor, I had carpet prints on my face and I left that service. And I would love to say that I was like, "Woo, this is the message I want. I didn't come back for three years, (laughs) (laughs) Um, left and did not come back for three years. Mm. And, um, but on that round about around that time in 2017, the Lord finally beckoned me back and I ended up back. And um, that message has been growing in me ever since. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the message of the Father's heart and that it's needed today. And as I look, there are very few people that are teaching and preaching that message now. That's mm. their heart's call. Um, because I believe it takes so much and it takes a certain testimony, but it also um, takes an authenticity and a truth to be able to even share that in the slightest. That's why a lot of people don't share it. Um, so again, that's my heart. Um, a few things. I am son to a good father, a worshiper, and I am an administrating creative. I work as an administrator, HR. I never thought I'd be doing that. Um, but I'm also a creative, so I like designing stuff. I like things to look good. That is my wing four that often comes out in my Enneagram one. Yeah. Well, you are very good at all of those things. I can vouch for that. And um, One Identity Movement is is really incredible. You guys should go and check out his website, check out the blog, um, his podcast. He has a podcast, also has some some great merch. I know the Miller family likes to sport some One Identity merch. So please go and check out that. He has so many good references and resources, uh, just preaching the father's heart and how he's a good father. And I think it's a really important message that Sam carries. So definitely check that out. So I guess let's, let's kind of dive into it, Sam. Um, I believe that this pandemic has kind of Mm -hmm. exposed some deficiencies within the Mm -hmm. church regarding Mm -hmm. discipleship. And it's also exposed within us as individuals, our need for relationship, for Mm -hmm. accountability, for healing, Mm -hmm. and of course, wholeness. All of these things are good things. 
Um, and I know that I have certainly been taking a look at these things in my own life and specifically how I have been successful at receiving uh, discipleship and mentorship and maybe even having failed at giving good mentorship or being a good mentee, for example. Um, but I wanted to get your perspective on it as a younger person who has really been in the church your whole life. You've lived through the good, the bad, the ugly. And I really think that you're going to give us this, a really fair perspective on what is, is working, what isn't working. So let's just kind of start by discussing the simple fact that we know that discipleship is a biblical principle. Mm -hmm. Um, and Jesus himself says, go and make disciples. I know that when I look in the new Testament, it seems to be immersed through the entire development of the church, this, this concept Mm -hmm. of discipleship. But, um, I know that discipleship and spiritual mentorship kind of look a little bit differently. We know that some people, um, refer to spiritual, being a spiritual mother, spe- being a spiritual father. As somebody who, you know, is younger and in your 20s, what is discipleship to you? And what kind of misconceptions about, did you maybe have about this that when you were younger that, and how has that changed as you've kind of grown right. old, grown, grown up and right. gotten into your you're mid, you're mid twenties now. Right. Am I, am I right on that? 25. So just hey, yes, exactly. <laughs> you are right in the middle, man. Uh, so yeah, just give us your perspective on how that's kind of changed and developed for you. Right. Um, well, a disciple in general, I was thinking a bit about today and I think that a disciple is just simply someone who accepts and exists in spreading the message of another. Um, discipleship you know we're going to talk about christian discipleship but discipleship is not uh it's not a new thing um it goes across that was one of the things that they taught me specifically in my degree that i had to study with various religions you know Hmm. some people do decide some religions do discipleship well that's right you know um islam does discipleship well Um, You know, Buddhism does discipleship well. Certain sects of Christianity, Mormonism does discipleship extreme. Hobus Witness is probably one of the better people. Now, note, if you all are listening, I'm not saying become a Jehovah's Witness, but I have to give them props and say they do it well. Right. Um, When we think of Christian discipleship, I think it's the process of which that disciples grow and become like the Lord. Um, They're Mm -hmm. equipped by the Spirit to overcome whatever pressures of life, but a lot of the work is done. They receive instruction, but they do it in and of themselves, in a sense. Mm. They're the ones that have to do the work. Um, when I was thinking today of what discipleship is in my own words, and this is what I just wrote down, and I'm gonna read it directly. Discipleship is becoming like Jesus at the instruction of another, but the cost of oneself. Mm, that's good. So when I think of discipleship now in my present mind and and thinking, becoming like Jesus, you know, walking like Jesus, talking like Jesus, um, people that I love from our church, they say becoming Jesus with skin on. Um, That's Mm -hmm. what discipleship is at the instruction of another. So someone is instructing you in this way, but it's the cost of yourself. 
And that's basically mm-hmm. it. They give you yeah. uh, the notes, they give you, you know, the instruction, they give you some of the teaching, but they say, okay, I'm going to give you this teaching and I'll walk with you a bit, but at the end, I'm going to leave and you're going to have to do it yourself and do the thing that I've told you to do. Um, and so that's, you know, in my head, that's when I think of discipleship as a definition or, or my definition, becoming like Jesus at the instruction of another, but the cost of one's own self. Um, misconceptions of discipleship, if I could, you know, think of some of those things. When I was younger, obviously I said, growing up in the Black Pentecostal Holiness Church, classically Pentecostal discipleship, we didn't have language for that. We kind of thought that, to be honest, we thought it was a Baptist thing. You know, they did that in the big Baptist church down the road. We don't do that here because the spirit, you know. Um, And I think in a sense, although we didn't have the language for it, I saw discipleship, instruction of another at the cost of oneself. Mm. I saw that. So, you know, um, for me personally, I remember growing up and seeing people call my grandmother because she was known as one that had such a sweet spirit. She was like the right. community grandma, literally. Yeah. And so people would call her and um, her name was Helen. So they would literally say, mother Helen, what do I do about this? Or can you give me some instruction? Can you pray for me about this? And so I remember her giving them some, a little bit of direction you know, reading some of the scriptures in her KJV, because that's all we did, you know, and then saying, okay, now you got to let the Lord do this. And she would just kind of, you know, <laughs> push him off. Sure. She pray for him, give him some instruction, give him some life experience, but then, okay, you know. Um, and so that's what I thought of discipleship. Um, mentoring in a sense, I can remember I, I grew up, like I said, growing up in the church. And so we had a lot of activities. We're always doing things in church. But when I was about nine, I started singing in my uncle's quartet group um, because, and I did that from probably nine until I left and went to college. Oh, wow. And so I sang in, sang in his quartet group. And so that was a discipleship for me, you know, growing up my father would be around these men. But yeah, that's what I, I think discipleship is in my own words and some of my past experience with discipleship um, when I came into LU, I began to understand, oh, okay, this is, you know, in my degree, we read books and books on it and had classes on it. And um, I even spent time at one of the large Baptist churches in in Lynchburg. And so that was one of their things when I was a member there. And so that's what we did. And I began to say, okay, all right. So not only, you know, obviously bringing, you know, Jesus into the picture now and then understanding that between him and his disciples, um, it was like, okay, so you're going to instruct me and kind of walk with me for a bit. But at the end of the day, I got to learn how to do the stuff, Um, whether I uh, succeed or fail, you know, at the cost of oneself. And so that's a bit of my experience with discipleship. Yeah, I do think that there is, you know, there are different levels, you know, there's discipleship within the church as a whole. And then, you know, the mentorship thing is definitely different. It's Mm -hmm. more of a one-on-one thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I tell some of the girls that I meet with um, occasionally throughout the month that, you know, if I had had someone like that in my life, someone who was, you know, walking with me and who I knew would be there um, eyes and ears for me when I needed it, I probably would have made a lot fewer mistakes in my life. Um, And I think there's also some confusion on just 
the difference between discipleship and serving, because you can be Mm -hmm. serving the church, which is well and good, but not being discipled through it. So you can be serving in children's ministry. You can be serving in worship ministry Mm -hmm. and that not be discipleship. Discipleship is like you said, you're, you're learning um, how to be like Jesus through the ministers that you're sitting under. Discipleship is, is very intentional. It's you. Yes learning mm-hmm. from them, you sitting under them and learning the ways of Christ through them. And I, I think there's another issue that we, that we, we, we are seeing is that there's also a mix up and between community and discipleship mm-hmm. and community mm-hmm. is a part of discipleship, right? right. You know, right. we, we don't just, the community is really important. And what I mean by community is, you know, getting together with people, right. eating, having right. fun, playing right. games, relaxing, and that's part of discipleship, right. but it's, it's not the only element. So right. community, if done right, can provide a safe space for discipleship. Right. And then maybe even from that mentorship, I, I mean, I'm sure right. you can relate to this, right? You've, that's kind right. of how relationships have developed for you probably somewhat, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's like you're saying, it's community. It's a part of discipleship. I think so much of our culture, um, we've begin because certain groups or sects have focused so much on this idea of discipleship. And that, oh, community is something that it's almost a, I hate to say it like this, but it's almost community becomes the marketing plug for discipleship. Yes. And it's almost, you know, if you come to this small group and if you come to this community, you'll be discipled, but we really just want you to come to this thing and eat coffee and have good food. And we'll kind of just sprinkle the discipleship on. Our focus is the discipleship, but if we can pull you in, you know, and so there's nothing wrong with community it's necessary it's right. scriptural you know we believe in a god who is community father son spirit ever since time was time he's been in a community with himself you know jesus showed community community all throughout the bible but to make discipleship stand solely on the shoulders of community it will fall yeah um and you know when it's not you know it's more social centered and not jesus centered yes. Yeah. Um, it's more, you know, uh, social or drawing, pulling centered right. and not necessarily scriptural centered or, you know, the holiness principles of living centered, living for God, just simply. Yeah. Um, that's when it gets kind of icky in it. And, and I think that's what almost has turned my age group, my age bracket yes. off to it because yes. it has a almost a, you know, a shiny, you know, you go to the stores and you see the fruit that's all shiny with the light on it. You know, we put a lot right. of wax on it to make it look good. And it's like, I bite into this. This doesn't taste as good as it looks. Um, and so that's why a lot in my age bracket, millennials, you know, generation ZX and whatever else. Yeah. Um, older people too. They're like, eh, yeah. Small groups really need to be very intentional. The church really needs to be very intentional on how they do that. Mm -hmm. Um, from a practical biblical standpoint, what does this look like for the church? What I know that a lot of people view small groups as a really positive way, like we're saying to foster discipleship. And I do agree that even with 
the negative experiences that I've personally had with small groups that this seems like a good place for this kind of thing. So what kind of things do you think from your age group that are some things that we can do better as a church in to create a safe space for growth, a safe place, a safe space for people to come and receive help uh, and without judgment, without fear, Authenticity of leaders. Um, I think that's important. Um, being upfront, being open with what is actually going on in the group, and this is why we're doing it. This is just not, um, you know, something we're doing to pull people. You know, when I think of um, discipleship, not I know we'll get into the whole spiritual mentorship piece later, the level two of it, whatnot. Um, but I believe that genuine discipleship looks like a deep commitment to the person, the person's mission to follow Jesus. Right. And so making that the, the center fold of it all, you know, um, when I think of discipleship uh, in itself, and we'll probably like we'll get into the spiritual mentorship part later, I'm guessing, but I think of the, the great commission passage. I think of the Matthew 28, 19, you know, when Jesus came and said, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I taught you. And so as I was thinking on that today, I think of discipleship, three words, go, show, and know. Um, go into all, Jesus said, go into all the world. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Show um, the teaching that Jesus brings, the, teach right. the gospel, the message of the gospel along and bringing people into the family of God, which often looks like baptism and immersion into the things of God. And right. then know, um, observe the teaching and then let the people know that Christ is with them as they walk with them because it involves yes. their own personal cost. So go into the world, show the people the teaching, bring them into the family of God, and mm-hmm. then know, okay, you know that he's with you. Now you got to walk this out. I think if that is what happened in many small groups or mm-hmm. discipleship groups or discipleship meetings, there would not be so many millennials kind of you know leaning back or leaning out of it basically bringing it back to making the first thing first um loving the lord with our heart mind soul all of that and without any of the extra you know i think like you were saying at the very beginning this season of pandemic is really shedding the extra from everybody um and so to shed the extra and to come with what is actually real. My mom would say the real McCoy. I still don't know what that means, but to come with that <laughs> and to actually walk that out. What is real? What is not? Let's do the real thing. Now, that could be my one black and white coming out. I'm like, we're either going to be real or we're not, and we're going home. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's what I think. If the church would do more of that with discipleship, that level one of walking with people as they walk with Jesus. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think too, another thing as you were talking that, that I thought of is sometimes, you know, when we, when, when new people come to the church or when new people join small groups and they do finally feel free to open up and share we, many churches, you know, we have, we have this at APC, we have these programs that we can, um, and program is not the right word ministry that we can refer people to, to receive help. And sometimes I feel like we refer 
And then we don't follow up ourselves. And because we don't walk them through that process to get established to the ministry that's actually going to help them, you know, we can't just pass the buck, you know, sometimes that happens naturally, but we, we can't just do that with people. We need to, we need to walk alongside them. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is especially a, a something that I've seen. We're Mm -hmm. like, here, we have this ministry, go do this. But Mm -hmm. you know, people that that's not good for all people. Some people really just need to be walked with. And I think that that's something that we just need to remember for sure. It's almost a, um, like you're saying, passing the buck, we have become professional buck passers. Uh, yes, um, indeed. Lack of better word, you know, it's, it's. I think now, like I'm saying, people want to know that they're more than a number. Yes. They're more than a uh-huh. one body. Yes. Um, and- they're more than a check off of your the Christian box. Um, and I think that's, that's almost where, if I would say it, the idea of the spiritual mentorship comes in. Because it lets people know you're more than a number. You're your person. Yes. You matter. Yes. yes. You have this going on. I'm going to refer you and show you, but yes. I'm also going to walk with you through this as you get healing, as right. you mature, as you grow yes. through this. Um, even to almost uh, to the point of, I think of it like a, a, a literal parent in a sense. You know, I think of a spiritual mentor as just like someone, a mother or father who loves and protects and who leads those under their care like a mother or father with their own children. I'm just not going to pass you off, but I'm going to walk with you through this. I'm going to see you through this, instruct you at times. It may even be rebuke you at times, but I'm going to let you know that you're not just a, a number or priority or chore. Your yes. priority, in a sense. Yeah. And, and this is a biblical concept. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, we look at Jesus, Jesus did mm-hmm. have the 12, but he also had the 70. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then right. we also look at someone like Paul who had right. people, you know, walking very closely right. with him. We, we see instances of large right. scale discipleship especially through the ministry mm-hmm. of Jesus. And then of course, right. and how Paul treats the church himself, right? As he's writing these right. letters, this is a form right. of discipleship to the churches. And then we see this, this smaller, more intimate relationship. Right. And so this is a really good segue. To Thanks for tuning in today to the discussion on discipleship in the church with Sam Petty and I. Please tune back in on Friday morning to catch the second half of this discussion, which will be more focused on one-on-one discipleship and mentorship. You don't want to miss all of the amazing testimonies that we will have to share. So until then, be blessed and thanks for tuning in to the Still Small Voice podcast. Now hear my story.